Welcome to Techno and Travel, the podcast of Tunes and Wings. My name is Sabine Spätling and today I'll take you on the musical journey of Rackendite. Rackendite is an outstanding musician and a great personality. Calm, reflected, straight, deep and so are his productions. An artist that is living his roots and his wings. A one-hour conversation about life, music, traveling, health and scenes that could have lasted even longer. At the end of this interview, he also gave a preview of the productions he's currently working on. So in this interview, we talked about, for example, his inner journey while producing music. What's so special and what's the magic about his home Bavaria and Munich? his favorite countries, the techno scene in Munich. Is traveling a blessing or a curse in his opinion? How he feels playing his sets in different cultures? Ibiza and the music scene there. How to manage a healthy life while touring. His favorite festivals this summer and his upcoming techno release. And as he will be playing at Blitz Club in Munich on Monday, April the 30th, we are also talking about the club and the sound there, how he would describe the atmosphere and the tunes inside the room. Enjoy! Reckonite, Lorenz, I'm very curious to interview you today. Thank you for taking the time. Yes, I'm, I'm happy to be part of the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. So you're an outstanding producer, um, Life Act, with releases on your own label, then on Dystopian, on Life and Death, and many other great record labels. Um, actually, you just released Dämmerlicht. It's a very spheric and deep album, and um, all the sounds you play and that you play either at clubs or on your albums, are produced on your own. So how do the sounds come to you? Like, what is the process so that you could, like, yeah, give the sounds to the people then? So it's usually a process which I try not to calculate too much beforehand. I try to um, just go with the flow somehow and catch my mood without thinking too much about my mood. So I'm not trying to determine my mood before and then see what kind of music or what kind of vibe could I create. I try to um, be in a situation where I end up making or where I end up listening to some music I made and then I realize, ah, okay, this is the kind of vibe I was in. So more intuitive, um, spontaneous approach and... Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, I try to, to get a flow where I don't really, uh, I don't know, like uh, build a sample or a, um, a preset bank, uh, which I will use to, to make a track. Uh, it's more like I, I will build the, the preset um, bank while I make the track. Mm -hmm. Or it's like after I made the track, the preset bank is finished, for mm -hmm. example. So that, that shows like the... The, the process is kind of the, the, the way to find the mm -hmm. vibe. Mm -hmm. So producing or yeah, producing music this way also means that you have to be in your um, like with you, like in the middle of yourself, right? And not too much in the outside. I mean, that's also what you said, for example, in other interviews where you said that um, it's better to be in the nature or with the nature than just in that artificial environment, like in big cities. Um, is that also a point? Um, yeah, well, the being to myself, being within myself while making music is very important. Mm -hmm. But this I can do um, somehow almost wherever I want. Okay. So even in an airplane, maybe I can zone out and get lost in, um, in a production. Um, if I'm in, a, in this kind of mood, uh, which mood usually is like a playful mood um, mm -hmm. that motivates me to open up Ableton Live uh, or something, 
Um, uh, but it's not so important where I am. It's just more important, like, am I in a playful mood? Do I want to uh, create something? Do I feel like a little um, uh, like uh, eagerness to, to create music or to work on music? Mm -hmm. And then I can um, put myself into a situation wherever. Mm -hmm. It's just important that I have my headphones and my, my laptop and like a, a bit of like um, time, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not so important that I'm producing in the nature or mm -hmm. in the city or um, that comes more to play when it comes to like my general life well-being. So mm -hmm. I have to be, uh, I have, I, I just enjoy having enough time in the nature. I enjoy having enough time in the city, in the urban life, meeting friends, going out, doing some cultural stuff, but also on the same side, doing like very simple stuff on the countryside, for example. So this is more connected to my general life organization. Yeah. You were mentioning the countryside. <laughs> There are also a lot of interviews where you um, talked about your origin in Bavaria. Um, yeah, it's also the, the spot where I come from. So this is very funny. Um, what is the feeling or which kind of mood does Bavaria give you? Well, I think it's a very subjective thing. But you ask uh, for my personal yeah. mood there. Uh, for me, it's just um, some things seem a little bit simpler there in a positive sense, um, which means when I go there, I don't worry too much about uh, certain things I worry about when I'm in Berlin, for example. Also, like even if it's just uh, human-created stuff that I worry about in Berlin, I mean everything basically if it, if it's if, it, if it's culture or if it's sports or if it's uh, um, social interaction or if it's uh, education uh, or politics or whatever I feel more involved in these kind of things in Berlin or in the city in general where I meet a lot of other people or then rather than I'm in the countryside mm -hmm. because uh, there I try to detach more from everything I try to be closer to not man-made stuff somehow mm -hmm. I'd be try to be more to, my, to myself even though I meet my family mm -hmm. but I, I still get way less like human interaction there mm -hmm. but that's just the way I do it there some people have completely different life on the countryside and they have a lot of human interaction but this is kind of what it is for me mm -hmm. I, I try to detach a little bit from everything man-made doesn't mean that I live like in this uh, remote cabin and I do not have electricity. Uh, I, I do li live a, a normal civilized life. And wear lederhosen all the time. Yes, something <laughs> like this. Um, I, I do live a normal civilized life there, but still I'm definitely more alone there. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Like I I do stuff in the nature. Or I, I, I also have a studio there. It's just like, it's also a bit like, outside where I live there in a very small village, very, very close to nature. And um, yeah, I, tr I just try to be um, less um, influenced mm -hmm. by human stuff. Let's put it this way. Yeah. And is there another country around the world that gives you more or less a similar feeling? Um, not really, I think, honestly. I mean, but I could, I think I could... Uh, I could maybe develop that. Mm -hmm. Where I felt this the most was, uh, for example, in Iceland. Mm -hmm. I was there during Sonar in Reykjavik, um, two or three, I think three years ago. And um, there we rented a, a, a nice cabin, outside, two hours outside of Reykjavik, pretty much in the middle of nowhere. It was during the winter time. It was very icy and snowy, but somehow also really cozy and, uh, um, yeah, very um, relaxing. Mm -hmm. uh, there I also had the feeling like, okay, I could go there, obviously, to uh, detach from everything very easily. And probably you could do it everywhere, but just the, the whole situation and the surrounding that I built in Bavaria, you know, with my little apartment in my uncle's house, where I can do whatever I want, where I have a studio, where I have a car, uh, where I have a little little like rowing boat and stuff like <laughs> this, you know, like 
that's just the place where I mm. go because also I want to meet my family there and yeah. stuff. So on Monday you'll be playing at Blitz Club, mm -hmm. um, very nice club, and I think that you're very good in um, putting music into words. The way you describe music, in my opinion, is really a good way. How would you, in your own words, describe the acoustic at Blitz Club? It's a difficult question. <laughs> <coughs> um, let's say... Um, let's say defined. Mm -hmm. um, like originating in definition. Mm -hmm. um, definition also in terms of like frequency-wise, like... Um, clean sound um, you can hear the frequencies very separately like um, it's it's a very uh, organized listening experience I would say um, but also in the way it was put together like the design process and the thought process that was standing behind uh, building the sound system is also very defined uh, it's a, there's a very accurate idea behind what they did there so I think that's the word I would say. Yeah. And um, I think what you can really feel that the sound, when the sound goes to the walls, it really comes back into the room. Mm. And that's what you can really feel when you stand inside, like in the middle of the dance floor. Yeah. I think that's also um, one thing that makes a definition that uh, by the well-treated architecture also mm -hmm. of the walls like the, the all the surface mm -hmm. the wood constructions that make this particular calculated surface I mean everything is built in a for a reason like that mm -hmm. um, it gives you this three-dimensional sound experience mm -hmm. somehow and okay. and this also gives you a, a, a feeling that you can um, grab the sounds better or like um, Uh, detach them from each mm -hmm. other better and uh, this is what I mean with the definition so you can tell better okay this is this sound there is that sound like this melody these hi-hats those low frequencies are like uh, here super low here not so low but mm -hmm. both are bass frequencies and they kind of work together stuff like this I mean this is in general like how a good sound system is supposed to work um, yeah. that you can tell each other each frequencies um, uh, uh, but still they work together mm -hmm. somehow it would be nice to make them visual by the way hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah it's good uh, you can use water like you can yeah like put a speaker under a kind of surface that holds like a flat water surface and yeah. then you see it true true yeah, yeah. right yeah. So, um, you started your musical career in Munich, actually. Um, so, you were also part of that, of that scene back then and now part of it when you were coming back to Munich. Um, how would you describe the scene there? Um, well, I, I wasn't so much part of the scene, really, in Munich, because... Mm -hmm. the, where I was part of the scene in exclamation marks, if it existed, because it was so small, yeah. uh, was more like in Lower Bavaria. It's like one hour and a half mm. from Munich. Um, I did go to Munich a lot. Um, like uh, when I wanted to see some special acts, I went to Rote Sonne, Harry Klein, Registratur. Um, different places but uh, what about Ultraschall and Kraftwerk no, I, I, I think I was too young for okay. that yeah yeah I, I didn't I unfortunately didn't experience that anymore like mm -hmm. I would I heard a lot about it but I didn't make it there unfortunately mm -hmm. I would have wanted to go yeah me neither and I have the same feeling about <laughs> it <laughs> yeah I mean Munich is always um, it's funny place because it's uh, there's always something happening but Sometimes you have the feeling nothing is happening, but a lot of stuff is mm -hmm. happening, like always. And sometimes you think, oh, it's this boring city is strange, but there's so much stuff happening, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 
from I have a strange relationship to Munich because like even when I was twelve years old, the first time we wanted to like leave our little village, like my friends and me, um, on a Saturday afternoon just to hang out somewhere different, not in this little town. Um or somewhere in the woods. <laughs> um, we went to Munich and we took the train ride in the morning and we hung out in Munich and went back in the evening. Um, even there I was always eager to go to Munich, but then in the afternoon I was happy to leave it. Um, I, I like to be in Munich. Um, there are a lot of like beautiful areas where I think, yeah, this is actually really nice. Like, for example, uh, last year I was in Munich... Um, And then I, I was I was walking around close to the um, to the um, to the Muffatalen area, mm -hmm. you know, where this uh, Müllisches Volksbad. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I, yeah, and I was walking uh, up and down like the Isar a little bit. Yeah. And um, there were actually guys fly fishing mm -hmm. in the Isar River, mm -hmm. and it was a really sunny day. Um, it was very. Uh, blissful somehow and I was like, like where do you see this happening inside of a, a kind of metropolitan city mm -hmm. like I, I don't know I can I, mm -hmm. I can't tell another mm -hmm. city and um, I, I thought this was like really beautiful but then sometimes again Munich is stressing me out a lot like mm -hmm. um, like the way the people are like everything is super expensive <laughs> then the money is like a huge role yeah. uh, plays a huge role but I mean it's, it's maybe everywhere like this but it, in Munich it's very concentrated I think yeah. um, also the, the, the clash of the Bavarian conservatism and urban lifestyle mm -hmm. sometimes is a bit controversial mm -hmm. I think like in Munich um, uh, but still it has nice culture I mean not just like the old culture uh, but also like the recent culture like like in the last 20, 30 years, like, um, you know, I, I really like uh, the, the TV shows uh, from the 70s, 80s from Munich, like, uh, zur, yeah, zur Freiheit, uh, you know, like about, about this, um, like, uh, kind of, uh, was, how do you call this, like, this was a Wirtschaft, yeah. Like it wasn't a restaurant, it was kind of this uh, yeah. place where like people go to have yeah. a beer, but they also kind of schnitzel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was this story about like this uh, slaughter area mm -hmm. where like mm -hmm. uh, um, animals were killed in a very high amount. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was about the, this, this lifestyle of the guys who worked there. And then during their lunch break, they went to this place and had their first beer of the mm -hmm. day and talking and it was like about the backgrounds of this whole society there and it was like very typical Munich I yeah. have to say um, or Gerhard Polt for example yeah. like stuff like this is uh, for me a very <laughs> yeah <laughs> for example yes um, uh, or one is actually really really epic where he's playing this guy who's trying to get into a club in Munich mm -hmm. um, but he doesn't get in because the, the bouncer says no impossible and he, he's there with like a girl and he just he doesn't want to believe it that he doesn't get in <laughs> and then he's like arguing and everything and it's super funny actually yeah. I recommend this one okay good <laughs> I have to look up what, what, what the name of it yeah. is But Gerhard Paul is always a good tip, yeah. And and what in terms of the music? So um, you already mentioned that there is um, happening a lot right now, also with new openings. I mean, the Blitz Club now is one year old. Then you also have a subculture going on with the Bahnwärter. Uh, and what do you think about that? Um, I'm actually always... Uh, amazed by seeing seeing that like I was in in Munich recently on a on an off weekend just for um, like uh, personal reasons um, and I I was like I, I I met up with with David from Blitz and Roland Apple and uh, we had a nice dinner and we went out a little bit I wanted to, I went to see Jeff Mills it was mm -hmm. the night where Jeff Mills was mm -hmm. at Blitz and Tale of Us was at MMA. And I wanted to see both both places, and I went to both, and I was thinking it's actually crazy, like two really big nights 
like not far away from each other, both were very well attended. Um, and it was good to see because like this tells you that there is a scene, you know, and um, uh, the scene is the foundation of, of, a, of a show. If there is no show, uh, no scene, you can't play a show, like yeah. it's impossible. Otherwise you do a festival where like people come from together from mm. maybe sometimes all over the world. But uh, club shows and local venues are really dependent on a good scene. Mm -hmm. And a good club has a, a good crowd which is based on a good scene yeah. that doesn't just go to one particular act. They, they rather just really like their favorite club and they go there regularly. And those are the clubs that I really um, enjoy the most that have like an established crowd. Mm -hmm. And it's not like that they don't care about uh, what they're listening to. It's more like they trust the people who run the club that they will do a good programming so mm -hmm. they can go there and they are pretty sure that the music's going to yeah. be fine um, maybe sometimes a little bit different than the other day but still they trust the, the, the promoters of the club and, um, mm -hmm. and that's that's the kind of clubs yeah. I like and this is where Blitz is doing a really good job yeah. by the way exactly. I think maybe they also kind of educated um, <laughs> the crowd there as well um, you're traveling a lot Like in winter for clubs, in summer for festivals, did you perceive traveling always like as a more blessing or a curse? Um, as a child, it was definitely a blessing. Um, we went uh, to we went traveling a lot with my parents. Um, luckily, uh, also. Um, not just like the typical trip to Italy <laughs> when you are growing up in Bavaria because it's not that far. We did yeah. that a lot, but we also did other stuff. Uh, my mom took me to New York when I was like 11, which was really great. I never f I will forget that, for example, or other trips like to London with my, my father and to Rome and stuff. Um, this was always like a kind of, a, um, uh, I don't know, like, making me think different in a mm -hmm. way like uh, broadening my horizon I, should, I see different stuff I, it's just the fundamental of the, the most important part of, of traveling especially when it's um, when you're young is like to just to see that there are more things than just your home area I think that's very important because it opens your mind mm -hmm. um, and uh, there I'm very grateful for my parent, to my parents um, then later on I also started to travel like alone f for my own personal reasons obviously without my parents um, then uh, yeah I, I you know like I did a, a lot of um, longer travels I visited friends in the USA I went to, to Thailand to New Zealand stuff like this um, but this was way before I started to travel mm -hmm. professionally mm -hmm. um, and um, but then when you start traveling professionally, especially when you like from yeah like not a lot of travels to very many travels, uh, you, you really feel all, you get to experience all the different side of traveling like yeah. when it's becoming work. Um, and then you try to make it as comfortable as possible for you because otherwise you just feel like I, for me at least it's like this. I, sometimes when I spend too much time in business hotels, or um, airports, I just feel like I'm losing life time. Mm -hmm. It's like the space between something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this space is, is taking up a lot of time when you travel a lot for business reasons because you, you, you do one particular thing at some place, for example, I don't know, some office guy or some businessman has maybe meetings somewhere and then he's already going to the airport back. Or a DJ would go to a festival, play a set, go to sleep and going back to the airport and same thing next day, maybe even two more days like this. Um, and then obviously you, you, you need your time to sleep, to rest. Um, and then the travel ta traveling takes up the most of the time. So, um, And there, I mean, obviously like a, an airport, I mean, you can always make your, li your time worthwhile and do stuff that you like, but still like you feel a bit trapped. Sometimes um, uh, in a hotel room where you can't open up the window or mm -hmm. stuff like this. 
uh, or obviously in the airplane you can't open up. <laughs> you um, better should not. Do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then I just feel like like lifetime is being sucked away from me, being mm. taken away from me, and I, that I don't like because I, I freedom is very important for me. Freedom in in the terms of. Um, just like free roaming. Mm-hmm. I can go wherever I want at whatever time I want. And um, uh, so you have to kind of adapt to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was good to have like two years of proper hardcore DJ uh, touring life to experience that. And then I think like if, if somebody is being a bit successful in this field, um, he should do it a little bit at some time. Uh, if he has the possibility to to do it, um, I really recommend it because it teaches you a lot about what you what you want and how you can go on and what is good for you, not just in this field but also mm-hmm. personally, um, because all this alone time teaches you a lot about yourself, how you react in certain stressful situations, mm-hmm. like when you are two days without sleep and then you are in the airport and you go to board a plane and then the plane is broken and you sit there for six hours because you can't do anything and they don't let you out but you have to stay calm and relax and you know like get yourself into a positive mood even if it's uh, it feels impossible to do Mm. it but um, how do you actually do that um, yeah like uh, I start uh, putting uh, together a little arsenal of little helpful things like uh, like uh, enough battery for my phone so I can watch stuff on my phone or I can play stuff on my phone or I bring my Nintendo Switch or obviously enough battery on my MacBook so I can, if I feel like uh, creative, I, I, I do music um, or uh, I read a book or I um, listen to podcasts. Actually, I, I really like to do that because it's a very simple and easy way to... Um, have the feeling that you're not alone because yeah. you actually hear a human voice talking. Mm. What um, is your favorite podcast right now? Um, at the moment, I have to say, I listen to a lot of basketball NBA podcasts because the playoffs are going on and I'm really interested in like mm-hmm. the National Basketball Association. And um, so that's interesting because every day there are like so many podcasts I just let them running on the side. I don't even get all the content, but it's <laughs> Because I see a lot of games, anyways. But yeah. then I, I listened to um, to a really nice one actually, um, which I discovered recently. It's called uh, mm-hmm. Bildungsauftrag Hörwissen vom Browser Ballett. Um, mm-hmm. They talk they talk about like very in a simple, very chilled way about like not really science topics, but stuff like for example, they had a recent episode about artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they are talk they talk like like randomly uh, like easygoing about this topic and uh, also a little bit of scientific content but mm-hmm. then they also have fun about the topic and I, I like this one mm-hmm. I, I also like SVR Wissen mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. I like the Fest and Flauschig podcast mm-hmm. um, um, because they just sometimes I don't know, sometimes I hate them but sometimes <laughs> I, I, I just have to laugh about yeah. what they do it. Yeah. and they have reasonable opinions about stuff sometimes uh, I have to say, um, then, uh, yeah, so that's that's what I'm listening to. I yeah. probably have a few more podcasts, yeah. which I can't think of right yeah. now. Um, yeah, and then I, I sit there and I try to make the best out of this uh, trapped uh, time that mm-hmm. I have in an airplane, for example, or I, I get some, I don't know, like some, some tiger balm. Sometimes it gives yeah, me a that's good. good mood to just yeah. smell on the tiger yeah. balm. You know, like yeah. In the end, the human mind is very simple. Yeah. So you can manipulate it. And uh, that's what I try to do with myself. Very good. So then, when you're finally at the festival or at the club, you're very good in adapting the sounds that you play to the crowd. Was there ever a country where you couldn't really feel it, where you just couldn't go into the mood, like, I don't know, a certain culture where you had a strange feeling and where you think you couldn't really get them? <clears throat> not really um, regarding a, a certain country or a mm-hmm. culture because um, I think that's the good thing about techno it's like it's not connected to language so first of all it doesn't really um, uh, fall into a certain uh, country area so it's basically 
multilingual, so it works on the whole world. So um, you end up playing in many places around the world and you can tell little differences from how people react, but in the end it's an event which is designated as an electronic music techno house event, club, venue or festival. So people go there for a reason they think, okay, like this is the kind of music that I want to listen to. Mm-hmm. And um, so I kind of know what I will get. Uh, obviously, sometimes techno DJs play a bit harder and faster. Some play a bit slower and melodic. Some have a middle way. Um, some play more vocals or a bit more pop approach. Some play a bit more industrial and dark. Uh, but in the end, it's uh, uh, the rhythm is similar, especially for a person who is like not that deep into this topic. Mm-hmm. Sometimes stuff sounds the same. Um, but in general, if one decides to go to to an event like this, he kind of knows what he's getting into. So there are people which kind of are have a little bit of education about what's going to happen. So I never had the situation where I play my stuff and I feel like okay, so no one's getting it. I I never had that because I never played in a in an event which is where where like different music was supposed to be happening. I mean. Um, where people expected different music. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't ever placed in a situation mm-hmm. like this. I mean, it can happen, but it didn't happen to me. Maybe it can also be interesting to convince people um, to, to, to like give them a techno experience, even though they didn't expect it and they mm-hmm. never really had it. And you can convince them. Um, it can also go like sideways and be really a bad experience for the audience and the, the person who is responsible for the music if no one understands it but in the end the cultural thing I like I like it when 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 you don't when it doesn't matter yeah you know like uh, like the, the, you you maybe can tell that in Italy sometimes at a, at a big rave in Italy the people are like super enthusiastic yeah. and in Germany they are a bit more reserved and yeah. slow in the reaction and for example, Asians, they don't really show their feelings on their face. I think yeah. maybe this is diff- difficult or, for... Or if they do, they, they completely uh, exaggerate. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like they push it um, really hard. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like EDM style, for example. Like, um, um, yeah, but yes, those cultural differences are like just, I think, habits. Mm. Like what kind of habits... Mm certain people have I mean uh, but uh, in the end if the music works it doesn't matter like if they are like cheering like crazy or if they just close their eyes and just nod their heads if they feel it and if they like it you know like um, this is um, sometimes an interesting thing to observate but in the end it doesn't really matter most important thing is that it's it's kind of win-win with situation for the crowd and for the for the person on the stage so that's just worthwhile Doing, putting the effort yeah. for the for the crowd, paying the, for the yeah. tickets, going there, and for the DJ taking the travels, making the thoughts about what kind of set could I play today, and making the music beforehand, and then going on stage and performing. Yeah, I would like to dive a bit deeper into that cultural thing um, on the on the island of Ibiza. You were a resident at Richie Horton's enter parties. Um, those parties made this island even more popular nowadays. What do you think about this island in terms of the music? Mm, I'm, I got into the, the Ibiza thing because of, like you said, mm-hmm. Richie. Um, he invited me to his very small uh, room uh, where he tried to um, put acts that have a more different approach to the typical music that was being played on Ibiza at that time. Um, like I don't know Voices from the Lake uh, Pieter Dandorf me stuff like this was play, playing in this room um, and it was a very good platform to introduce different music to um, to the to the island uh, this was my first experience of mm-hmm. Ibiza I have to say so mm-hmm. a very unusual experience to play in a room like that this kind of music with a curation that actually gives space for that Mm -hmm. so it wasn't this situation where like just we just talked Mm -hmm. about someone puts you into a 
spot where you should play where it just doesn't make any sense. But there it made sense because it was announced. It was a specific room for a different kind of music. Um, and um, everyone knew. Like even the crowd that just went there to see Richie knew, okay, in this room, if I go there, it's going to be a bit different. And then they were kind of prepared. Even then, if they were surprised of the music, they went there and, and said, okay, like I'm going to check out what they have going on. Um, so this was a very unusual first time Ibiza experience, I would say, that mm -hmm. I had. Um, but then I went there more often. I, I checked out other places as well and I, I made my observations. And um, I mean, on Ibiza, I mean, like, uh, it's, it's getting, I think it's getting more and more diverse. Um, it used to be different, I think. Thing. Mm -hmm. I would say, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm, I haven't been there before I played there, so I, I don't really know too much about how it was like 10 years ago. I, I just know stories and stuff. But um, what I like about it now is that it's, it's evolving somehow. Mm -hmm. Like there's this huge EDM thing, which is like super big. Um, then there is... Uh, Do you think it's decreasing? The EDM thing? Yeah. Good question, maybe. I don't know, like... Um, Because there were many club closings, cl clubs where EDM was played. Yeah, but I also realized that there many clubs have problems there at the moment. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, um, I think the, the government is also trying to implement more rules somehow. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, they're trying Closing to... hours and stuff like this. Yeah, and police controls and stuff also on the street. They don't want to have people driving drunk or on drugs. Um, they also, I think, want like normal tourism a little bit. I, I, I would guess uh, like families and stuff, like because maybe that's a bit more easy, but that's just the observation I had. But I think the, the politics on Ibiza are very deep, like really like, um, it's, uh, I don't have the insights mm -hmm. to really... Um, to really know what's really going on behind the curtains there, because I think there's a lot going on behind mm -hmm. the curtains there. Um, but for me as an artist, as a, from a personal standpoint, mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm happy that, for example, like a party like Afterlife has mm -hmm. established, because it gives me and my music a very good platform to, to play on this island, because like all of us that play in Afterlife, we usually play a very um, deep techno, like um, house influences, um, But usually, like, not as, um, I would say, like, uh, tech house orientated mm -hmm. as... Um, that's driving a bit more, like, yeah, deep and... Exactly, yeah. a bit more emotional as mm -hmm. well, like, a bit more dramatic, too, but uh, um, melodic, groovy, dark, deep. Mm -hmm. These are the kind of emotions that I... I I usually hear when I play at Afterlife also when I listen to sets by other people and I like that people are going to Ibiza because also of this vibe now yeah. uh, because this is new and um, and it works you know like um, the curation of the of the of the rooms is always pretty on spot it's like not too pretentious not too cheesy they try to keep it simple dark they try to like have a, a regular underground club experience which is never going to be 100% possible in Ibiza because it's like just a different place. The whole vibe is summer vibe. So yeah, it is. it's not <laughs> Berlin underground. Yeah. But, um, but the music can transport a, a, a vibe and if it works, it's fine and it's good and people go there for that now. And, and, and I, I like that because it's, in the end, it's a very beautiful island. You know, I, mm. like, I, I enjoy spending time there also mm -hmm. outside mm. of of the, the, the populated areas, like there are beautiful coastlines, beaches, um, hills. In the north. Yeah, yeah, especially in the yeah. north. Um, there's good food there and, and usually the people are pretty chill there, you mm. know, because they're on holidays. So it's always like when you go there to play, it's somehow a bit like a job, but then in the end everyone is in this holiday mode. So yeah. it feels good somehow. I don't know. It's like even people who are like very strict techno DJs, mm. like not fucking around and like really like um, serious and no jokes, you mm -hmm. know. Um, they, even they loosen up on Ibiza somehow a bit. 
um, which I find interesting because it's I think it's this this holiday vibe, mm-hmm. you know, like you go to for for, <clears throat> for dinner outside, you sit, it's warm, the sun is setting, the ocean is coming in, the air is salty, you know, like uh, Spanish white wine, good fish, <laughs> uh, you know, like yeah. everyone is it's a, it's a simple formula which kind of works for everyone. Yeah, uh, and if it doesn't work, then maybe you really should not go there. Yeah, <laughs> um, true, but. Uh, I, I, I do enjoy this, but not too much, you know, like yeah. four times a year, five yeah. times maximum uh, during the summer season is for me personally enough. Yeah. Like I wouldn't like to go there every week. Yeah. This yeah. would be too much for me. When talking about um, healthy food, <laughs> fish and something, um, mindfulness and healthy living is a trend that is evolving now in the techno scene. Um, also like Resident Advisor just released an article about that Um, it's more about now celebrating with a clear mind instead of um, consuming drugs for example what do you think about this trend like because you were also working in the health business before you were um, doing music as your profession what do you think about that yeah for me it's uh uh, a thing that is established in my life since a while like you said um, it's a, um, it's kind of a, a thing that I don't think too much about, to be honest, because it's normal. I'm not saying that I'm pushing it with healthy, healthy food. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not like a, um, I'm not going crazy about this topic, but I have a certain uh, natural approach to being healthy in what I eat, you know, and drink. So I, I have natural borders that I don't drink too much alcohol. I have natural borders that I don't eat too much meat. Um, it's just a, a feeling that my body gives me, you know, like if I eat too much meat, I, it tells me and then mm-hmm. I know, okay, you have to stop for two weeks. It doesn't make any sense to eat so much meat. Um, or if I eat like stuff that my body uh, in particular cannot take because he has some kind of allergies, I would react, for example, I cannot really eat walnuts, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. They give me like a sore throat and stuff. Mm-hmm. So can't eat them so I just observated what is good for my body um, when do I drink enough water when don't I have enough water when I'm dehydrated when do I need like uh, when do I need more salt when do I need less salt do I sweat a lot do I do a lot of sports do I lose a lot of water um, did I have like enough vegetables um, did I have enough fruit like uh, it's just I've tried to find a natural balance I'm not trying to go into routines which I just do because they are like trendy or um, sound like they help me in whatever way I'm just trying to to have this um, approach that um, I'm listening to the signals of my body do you have the feeling that other artists in this area also have more or less um same approach or or that they are aware of this topic now yeah definitely like uh, a lot of djs have uh, um, uh, like are changing their approach in like this um, whole healthy thing um, the only thing that I, sometimes i find a bit irritating is uh, that some some people not even in the dj just in the dj scene but also probably in other um, businesses Uh, that people are like really stressing themselves out like they they have to change their diet and they have to like uh, do a lot of sports now and change everything Um, but they are working uh, like on all those little topics like going uh, like to the gym 10 times a day whatever um, changing the the diet plan Um, But then the big thing that is actually harming them, because I have to add, most of the time people are doing this because something is like uh, not right for them in their perception. Something is has to be changed a little bit and they are feeling not 100% well and then they get this idea, okay, I have to change this, that, that. Mm. But a lot of times I see that, especially very intense business people, um, they don't change the source They just change the little things around. Mm. And then they start to change the diet, they try to do some sports, get a personal trainer. But the big thing that is stressing them out, they neglect. Mm. And this is what I always have been criticizing with my clients when I was a personal trainer. You know, they're like very stressful jobs. Um, 
And it was not even like that they weren't able to change the routine they have in their job. Or they obviously were, wasn't even, wouldn't have even been necessary to change the whole job. They, they could have done the job like they do, but just change a little bit of how they do it. Um, but other than doing this, they, they change like so many things around it. And then they have this idea, this trend, and they try that. But in the end, what I'm saying, like in this job that I do, it's just, just that I, I see that a lot of DJs, they, they, they just think they have to play 140 shows a year mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. Um, but it somehow obviously uh, affects their health. And then they try to build ways around that so that they can still play 140 shows. <laughs> but they could play like just 80, mm. chill out a little bit more, even maybe sometimes get more times, time to be also like private and be mm-hmm. with the family or creative, whatever. And then uh, try listening to the body, what the body tells them, what, they, yeah. what it needs. You know, maybe it's just sleep in the end. Yeah. And they have actually a fine uh, nutrition. Mm. Um, so this is what I'm sometimes criticizing and observating a bit, that they are not really honest in the way how they react, you know, like, mm. um, because... Um, it's more like not putting new diet plans or new exercises on it, but minimalizing everything and just going back to basics, right? Just reflecting about yeah. their life, you know, and being honest about yourself. What is good for me and what not? And mm. why do I do stuff? Why do I want to play 140 shows a year? Mm. What's the reason? Is it just money or is it just the situation that I love it to be on stage? I just mm. cannot live without it anymore. But then also ask yourself, why do you love it so much? Mm. Why do you love it so much standing in front of 5,000 people mm-hmm. and being cheered at? <laughs> um, and why do you need so much money? Mm. Like, um, for example. And then why building stuff around to be still able to maintain that mm. um, instead of just chilling out a little bit more and having time to reflect more what, what, what is it that I think, what is it that I do, why do I do stuff, like... I think reflection is one of the most important things that you can do in your life. Like, just yeah. know why you do stuff. Yeah. I think that's very important. And um, there, sometimes people take those weird detours <laughs> uh, where they go left. Otherwise, like, just go back a little bit and <laughs> orientate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so true and good words. So summer is coming. We're here in April right now. So it's between sunshine and rain outside. <laughs> by looking at the summer month is there a special festival that you are looking forward to um yeah actually a few um, very uh, nice ones um I, i i'm looking forward to play again at nation of gondwana mm. um i i had i wasn't there i think two years now but i i remember really good uh good things um, from the from this festival I, i really enjoyed playing there the crowd is very relaxed the promoters are very professional but easygoing um yeah it's i i can recommend that for sure i might as well um uh go to fusion mm-hmm. um i go to Dour festival big one in belgium um, which is a good con- compromise between like big festival where you have sometimes headliners like I don't know Snoop Dogg or mm-hmm. something but then also you have a stage where Arm or me play mm-hmm. um, but it's not too crazy you know like uh, it's just like um, ridiculous but um, yeah I have uh, I have to think like what, what, what else is like I'm looking forward to um, to Neopop in Portugal, always a good festival close to Porto um, on the on the coastline. Very nice um, atmosphere, uh, nice people there. Um, you also play at the Ofsona event, yeah, right? It's um, at the big afterlife mm-hmm. one. Um, I think Park del Forum mm-hmm. it's called um, the area. I was there last year actually. Mm-hmm as well at this location it's a beautiful festival area area um last year i was there for primavera mm-hmm. um yeah that's that's gonna be nice I'm, I'm i'm always looking forward to being in barcelona and even now it's like 
Sunday, I think I play on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Then Sunday I have off. Monday I go to Ibiza. DC mm-hmm. 10. Um, on Sunday I stay there, go to the Innovation Showcase. I think they, they do it at Poble Español. Yes. Yeah. Really looking forward to that one as well. Yeah. And yeah, that's like the, the that's the, the, the typical <laughs> stuff, you know, like as a DJ or live act or, you know, like it's fun to do it. But it's also not that important. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. You know, like it sometimes sounds like, ah, oh, yeah, this in Barcelona and Ibiza, ah, crazy, crazy. But it's in the end, uh, it can also guide you to weird uh, priorities. You know, like that you take too serious in the yeah. end. You know, yeah. like it is serious, but in the end, what is serious is also like you and what you do with it, and your your your, your content, your music, and 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 within this creative field also it's important to stay true to what you like mm. um this can change obviously which is natural but uh, in the end um it's important to stay somehow true to your uh, you know like true, true to your inner self i would say yeah. like That's always the most important thing, I would say. Yeah, and and first of all, you need to find out what that is. And that's, yeah. what, I, that's what I meant with the reflections. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, and I'm still like constantly doing that. I'm, I'm I'm by far not where I want to be or where I think uh, mm. I can be in the future. Like just in terms of being humble and reflective. And I think it's an ongoing process because yeah, I mean, you you really. you change as well. It's not that yeah. you're the same person that you used to be one year ago. Mm. Of course not. Like, like I th- one, in one interview I said once um, that um, I was asked about like, like what is influencing the creative process. Um, and then I said like everything, like the whole life, like what you experience mm-hmm. um, is what you do. So obviously if your life is changing in a direction uh, that you... Um, For example, in my case, like I, I was working 15, 20 hours a week as a personal trainer the first five years that I was living in Berlin. Um, I had like 1,500 euro a month. Um, and from that I had to spend a lot for rent and stuff, whatever that you have to do. So I was living a very basic life, but I had a good life. I enjoyed it. Um, but I had a lot of time to make music, so I... I I just didn't have that many other influences really at that time. I was working with my clients. I was hanging out with my friends and I was making music. I, I did some exercise, some workouts and played some basketball. But in the end, that was it. I, I just hung out, chilled out. It was fun. Um, so that was my life there. Mm-hmm. But then my life changed somehow. Like I, 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 my music got a bit known, you know. And, uh, <laughs> a bit, yeah. <laughs> and and then I, I, I started to go on tour. And then yeah. the first two years were crazy, you know. I played 135 shows a year. Wow. So in two years, like um, 270 shows. And obviously stuff like this is influencing you. Mm. You know, like my whole life changed. Yeah. But I, 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 I'm still the same person. Um, but I, I made my experiences. So those are, in the end, going to be um, influencing you. Like yeah. you cannot stop it. It's impossible. But... Um, That doesn't mean that you cannot uh, be the same person in the uh, bottom of your heart, you know, like, uh, like um, and as your character. You know, that's why I also like like to go to Bavaria and mm. to, to lower Bavaria, especially because people are so grounded there. Mm. I mean, whatever that means. Mm. But, um, uh, like, I, I remember a T-shirt uh, that the club where I did my first sets ever in Pfarrkirchen Club Bugalu um, did, This T-shirt, there was a, um, there was like this text on it, print. Uh, it was called um, "Down to Earth and Below." So, and this, this, I never, I never forget that sentence because it's so true. Like mm-hmm. you know, in this lower Bavaria region, like everyone is down, so down to earth, like mm-hmm. it's even below. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> but it's it's also a good thing somehow, you know, because um, when I go there, I. I I don't feel special, you know, mm. because I travel around the world. I'm just, I'm hang out, hanging hanging out with my old friends there with my neighbor, which I know since I'm like, yeah, yeah since I can think, um, and my uncle and my mom and my father and whatever. Yeah. 
And no one really cares about Not your really. professional life. Yeah. They, they, they cared when they heard about it first. Yeah. They asked, ah, it's crazy. Yeah. What are but you doing? That's what it is then. this? <laughs> <laughs> but then in the end, I tell them, yeah, okay, I was in Buenos Aires, in Cordoba, in Rio. But hey, I tell you something, the neighbor has a new car. <laughs> yeah, for example. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then, yeah, in the next minute, yeah. the, the really important stuff yeah. comes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I like this approach because it's like putting stuff into perspective. You know, everyone has different angles yeah. and um, everyone is living a different life. And in the end, it's just about, uh, you know, like, uh, like enjoy what you do and be, um, don't take it too, too serious, you know, like be professional, honest, but not like lifting up yourself to places where maybe you are not you yeah um, so when I go down there I usually uh, that's what I also meant with detaching you know like uh, just just being uh, being there and being alive hanging out yeah so true and one last question back to the music in an interview you mentioned that there's a new more techno project upcoming in 2018 what is it exactly about um yeah i mean techno project is maybe a bit too um uh, like uh, too big uh, i'm i'm just i'm having a, a new uh, ep coming on afterlife it's six tracks actually almost the album <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah it's 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 like a few more techno tracks a few more like uh, afterlife orientated tracks uh, Just stuff that I played in my sets, like in the last half year, um, I, I, I had a lot of new stuff in my in my sets. Um, also for this summer, I have a lot of new tracks. Right now, I'm working on like some new uh, acid stuff, actually. Um, okay. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's audible here. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, like that, that's what I'm working on at the moment, yeah. and um, yeah, I'm I try to, I try to be constantly working on music. I don't stop it. Like I don't. I, I I started doing it ten years ago, or is it longer? Actually, it's longer already. I started. Um, yeah. Um, oh, it's longer. It's 12, 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I never stopped. Mm. And you actually um, also started with that more acid music, right? Yeah, not really. Um, I started when I first started producing. I, I did like just like random stuff. I didn't mm. know really what I did. Um, my, my first release was on Plangent Records. Mm -hmm. My label that was like this very airy, melodic, soft um, mellow deep approach to this mix of techno and house um, and then I had this more club orientated release on Hot Flush mm -hmm. DRGN and then I had my first album on Acid and that was the, the Acid mm -hmm. thing that and it was also uh, um, well recepted well received so um, maybe it was my first uh, release with a Yeah, wider reception, mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't it wasn't the, the stuff that I started with. Mm. Yeah, but I always end up coming back to the acid stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I always have some acid beat like in the back of my Ableton Live projects yeah. happening. Like, and then I go back to it, finish it at some point. Yeah, I just li like working around with this sound of the three or three. Nice. So, do you already know when it will be released? No, no, it's just, I, I do it now. I have like three, four tracks now. I don't even know what mm -hmm. to do with them. And the afterlife? Um, That's going to be uh, out early June. Okay. End May, early June. Yeah. So, really looking forward to that one. Yeah. Thank you so much for, thanks for having me. the conversation. Thanks, thanks for having me and all the best for your podcast. Thank you. And it was actually, by looking at the uh, timer, it's like the longest interview I ever had. Yeah. It's almost one hour. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>
I'm still so grateful about this conversation with Recondite. He's really a great guy and a great musician with a fantastic personality. If you have the chance to either visit his set at Blitz Club in Munich on Monday or the weekend afterwards at Berghain, let me know. I'll probably be at Berghain then. And yeah, enjoy your day, rock and roll, and stay tuned. Thank you.